Hey everyone, welcome to Seeking What They Sought. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Lenhoff. In this episode, we all reflect on the conversation we had with Pastor Doug Batchelor. If you haven't had a chance yet to listen to that episode, we encourage you to check that out first. In this one, we talk about what we learned from our conversation with Pastor Doug and what areas we still want to explore more in the future. We hope you'll enjoy this last episode of season three. And as always, welcome to the party. Let's take some time to talk about that conversation with with Doug Batchelor, because for instance, I just want to say this. Um, obviously, there are a lot more things we could have talked about, maybe brought out, and maybe yeah. things that we would have genuinely had really strong disagreements on, and maybe would have been like, no, hold on, I actually strongly disagree with that. I disagree with some of the stuff he said, but I was actually also pleasantly surprised at his um, at least being able to see the nuance behind what someone mm-hmm. believes. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I have a couple things I want to bring up, but any thoughts on that conversation? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's always a thing with time. And I think that's really important to, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to out us. Like we got a, we got a review on a Apple podcast that says we go too long. So if you're still listening to us right now, uh, thanks. Uh, we, we know we're uh, long winded, but you know, to, to that <laughs> point though, like there's something about taking time to hear someone. And I, I know that, as we talked about with with Pastor Doug, um, you know, sometimes they get sound bites of him or a quote, and that happens with anyone, right? That happens in politics. That happens with whoever, and we start forming our opinions about them, and we form our our walls. I, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of forming opinions about a political leader, even a religious leader, mm-hmm. based on a sound bite I got. Um, is I think the best example is Ellen White, right? Or or even just the Bible. Right? Yeah, all of so, those Ellen White sound bites that we're getting on social yeah, that's media. That's right. Every day. She did so many podcasts. <laughs> she did so many podcasts with Uriah Smith. They they did this cool podcast back in the day. Ellen White that, interviewed uh, by Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Joe Rogan Joe and Ellen White. Wow. Imagine Joe Rogan, three hour podcast. Imagine that White. conversation. I'd watch that. They they would end up talking about psychedelics at some point, and she would have to <laughs> say her opinion on it. And he would ask her if she wa- if she watches jujitsu or MMA. Yep. Which he would the ask answer her, is he would yes. Ask her about both those. <laughs> the answer is yes, yes to both. Y- yes, to all I already three. know the answer is to yes to all. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I actually really enjoyed talking with him. I mean, obviously, we'd love to have more time. He's a for those listening. I mean, you can look it up. He's both a full time pastor. We didn't get a chance to ask him about it. He's a full-time pastor. He's president of amazing president of amazing facts. I mean, he's on almost every day. Yeah, what a week. busy guy. You know, I can't imagine. I don't. He's got obviously so much energy to keep doing that always. Unlike, unlike, te- like, like he was a teacher who you really only work. You know, Jesse, you really want to go down that road? You, like whole- <laughs> you want to go down that road once a week? This is a consistent battle. Because, because uh, I, I feel pastors like, only work one day like- a week. <laughs> Sean, I I will <laughs> drop kick you and throw you out of the ring like WWE. Okay, uh, no, I'm sorry. This is Joe Rogan. Uh, so there's a few things that I thought was interesting. So for instance, I disagree with. I actually, I when he was like when people were saying that Genesis one through eleven are fables, I don't believe that. I do believe that Genesis one through eleven are is a little bit more. Um, it's it's uh, more built around these. I don't know the right language that I have, but built around. Uh, these big thematic stories, you know, for instance, you have two creation accounts, Genesis one and two. Uh, Eric, what are you about to say? Jesse, your mom's listening to this. So be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse is a heretic. Now he's outed. 
Exactly. No, I, I guess I, you know, you look at it and, and I think I would be okay with that. Not, not being not true, but rather that, that the specific, uh, pieces of every single that story doesn't have to be the exact thing that happened, for instance. Um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, and I think that's, there's nuance to that, but he mentioned that. And, uh, but I really thought it was interesting about choosing his battles and, and kind of being able to see mm-hmm. the dilemma of being a person in his position. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like there's some stuff he does that is really destructive and that, you know, maybe we didn't call him on it or things like that. But whatever it is, I I appreciate the nuance of someone in a position like that where he says something and, you know, there's a lot of like a, the progressive wing of the church is just like, wow, that's Doug Batchelor. Mm-hmm. He said that thing, you know, like, for instance, the, the baptism thing. But there's nuance behind what he said. Mm-hmm. And then w- being able to discuss the nuance is a far better conversation than just being like, oh, OK, so that's just what he stands for. He means that everybody needs to be perfect. Right. But then the the other thing, though, um, is that the the right, the far right, that maybe the the super conservatives, yeah. who then will come back at him with like, you know, you're you're diluting the truth or whatever. Yep. That's at least it's it's valuable to hear that and understand that it's a tough position to be in. Um, try to being trying to be someone who's doing good in the world. You know, whether other people have opinions about it, I'm sure we have our own, but but at least trying. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely. I mean, sorry, uh, you go. go Okay. You go first, Anthony. <laughs> okay, I'll go first. Uh, okay, I'll go. It definitely increased... <laughs> it definitely increased... Conversations like this just increase empathy, I feel like. And it definitely increases empathy and being able to understand and just the fact that he is caught in between those two. Like, he's caught between the far left and the far right, you know, which it seems so much more polarized even now. So, you know, you have the... there's the like extreme kind of zany far right extremist level, you know, I'm sure they're zany. They're on him just as much as the, you know, super progressive side or liberal side. So yeah, I would characterize the far left as zany. I would characterize the far right with different words. I feel like, I feel like zany is not the right. I only said zany because I I feel like far right religious people tend to almost always coincide with far right political people. In, yeah, in but American that feel politics. Like zany. zany feels like zany feels like a eclectic, colorful picture. That's true. That's Whereas fair. I don't zany, huh? This is important. This is this important is really... part of our conversation. Eric, what <laughs> Eric, what were you gonna say? <laughs> Garbage. Um okay. A couple things. Yeah, I think it's always good to have these conversations because when you actually talk with someone mm-hmm. and kind of learn their nuanced opinion. You know, it's it's not just be. It's really hard to say you're completely wrong. Yeah, and you don't yeah. know what yeah. you're saying because, you know, the Bible is like such a. There's just so many ways to read the Bible and interpret it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can understand why Doug Batchelor has his his opinions are the way they are. Like he, it's not yeah. like he's an irrational man. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that doesn't mean you have to come to the same conclusion and we can disagree with him, but being able to talk with someone that disagrees with you and learn their viewpoint without the without the goal of changing their mind, I think is a really mm-hmm. beneficial mm-hmm. exercise that we can mm-hmm. take in all areas of our life. Um, 100%. I forgot what the second thing I was going to say was. <laughs> Well, I'll just say, I I actually, so the the, th- the reason I asked about the baptism side of things is because that's actually something that directly affects 
someone in my church who, you know, he, he's an older guy and he smokes and feels bad about it. He feels like that's a, a thing between him and God. And I did think that what Doug said was, was interesting and, and, and very true that if we aren't asking people to, to, to reach for a higher standard, like what he said about baptism, like it's either you go for perfectionism, that's one extreme. You got to be perfect before you're baptized. Or there's the other extreme, which I think is the left progressive tendency to fall into, which is even my own tendency to fall into, which is, you know, no, no repentance before baptism is okay, you know, because all the repentance happens afterwards. But talking to him reminded me, no, yeah, John the Baptist does say, repent and be baptized. There is a turning away but I think we can, it, there can yeah. be nuance surrounding what, like what that is. Like really it's a heart thing. It's, it doesn't have to be everything, but are you at least, do you at least have the attitude of heart to turn away from a, a way of life? Yeah. But what's interesting is, so for instance, this guy in my church, he's, you know, he smokes and, but that's a big thing is that message that's being heard. Cause it, I love talking to Doug about that because I heard the nuance behind what he believes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is when I hear that, and I would say this, by the way, I would say this to Doug if we had more time. So I'm not trying to talk behind his back here. And I don't think any of us are. Doug, if you're listening to this, we enjoyed our conversation with you and we would love to have a longer one. But <laughs> the the basic thing that I, that I would love to talk with him more is that, okay, I love the nuance behind Doug's view on that. But when he just says, no, I wouldn't baptize someone who was smoking mm-hmm. without the rest of the nuance, then the message that somebody is hearing as a result of that answer where he's coming with nuance, they're not hearing nuance. They're hearing, oh, if I smoke or if anyone I love smokes, they, you know, they are outside of the favor of God. And that's the problem that I have. I don't know how that changes from his perspective, yeah. especially when he's answering so many questions. But that's that's definitely some of the destructiveness I've seen. Not that not that the my church member heard Doug say that specifically, but the attitude that same type of thing being said yeah. is what has gotten him to where and he's it's, at. And it's one thing for something to be said and to, and there's another, what you heard. Do you know what I mean by that? Like yeah. you, you hear someone say something, but you interpret it a different way than maybe even mm-hmm. in, it was intentioned. And, and even then maybe it was, but, is that, but maybe it was intentioned. But it, is that, was that Doug's or anyone's fault if you hear it wrong? Right. So again, and that's going to happen no matter what. And, and even what pastor Doug said, which was, look, there's times you say something that's wrong or incomplete or you didn't say it the best way, you know, and he admitted that he's done that. All four of us have done that. Uh, he's just in a very public sphere. It, and mm-hmm. and I didn't bring yeah. it up with him, but he's probably the most watched Adventist right now when it comes to just like sheer numbers with amazing facts. Yeah. Like yeah. he is seen more around the world on a daily basis than pretty much any other Adventist currently alive. Other than the show Life on the Line. Other than <laughs> on, six, on seven PBS time in, Emmy uh, award winning. On, <laughs> on PBS in Southern California, uh, won Emmy's showrun, showrunner Eric Edstrom. Fairing primetime on Wednesdays. Check your local listings. <laughs> <laughs> Narrated by Lisa Ling. Okay. Uh, good, good, uh, good commercial. We're getting paid for that, right, Eric? We're getting money for that. Yeah, Eric, to... you better negotiate some T- payment $10, for $10,000 yeah. per word. Uh, I'll see what I can do, boys. Fifty thousand yen, please. Uh, so I, I just, just that yen. feels like a a useless thing to us here in America. Uh, so the so the, the the other thing I will say that I, I thought was was a very interesting. That he said, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this more, but he said um, people will people scratch where it itches, and I thought that it was interesting that he was talking about if that someone feels like people are being hurt. Yeah, if, if someone feels like people are being hurt, then they're going to make noise about that. And if someone feels like truth is being compromised, people are going to make noise about that. I think that's actually a key thing that we're both sides of 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 Adventism, po- politics, all of this stuff. We miss that. 
that like there is something to a conservative saying hold up I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I have concerns about that. Like, can we talk about that? Whereas I think a lot of conservatives don't hear the other side, which is like, why do you think so many people are making so much noise about racial reconciliation? Because mm-hmm. there's something there. It's, this isn't all made up. Um, but then at the other, on, you know, all the progressives are looking at the other side, like, well, why won't you get with the program? It's like, well, we have some concerns about some of the things that are being said or, mm-hmm. or how they're being said or what the implications of if we did that, this is what happens. And so that is quite, I, I thought that was a, that was a good perspective. I agree. And I, I think like, as he was talking, I could tell. And again, I really love that conversation and I really appreciated Doug's just like humanity and humility and his openness. And it was a great conversation. I did definitely notice areas where I think I fundamentally see the Bible and theology differently than him. Yeah. And so absolutely, just to take his own, his own principle, just like, because to me, like, that's not the hill I care about if I'm just wanting to hear him and, and like get to know him and listen to where he's at. Um, what do you, what do you mean by that? What's not the hill? Just, just like the areas where I think I would see the Bible differently, you know, in, in a sense. And I think, he, I oh, think yeah, he yeah. was really diplomatic, um, in, in some areas. And I think he, he, he handled our questions fantastically and answered them well. But I do think there were definitely areas where, you know, like when it came to race, he was just like, you know, well, the close people in my life know where I stand on that topic. And I, I think that's an admirable stance, you know, like, to know that, to just have close people in your life who know the real things about Anthony, you. The word the word is pronounced admirable. What did I say? You said admirable. Admirable, admirable. I'm Canadian, so. Jesse. Yeah, that's the that's that's Canadian pronunciation. Jesse. Sailor. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> See, I'm not that. Oh, I'm not doesn't as... know. I had a verbal. I had a verbal stumble one time, and it happened to be it filmed. Wasn't, it and wasn't one time. It was, it was like, like ten a, times in a row. It was, it was like it a was real life one glitch. Event. <laughs> Look how it was one event. I tried to say seasoned sailor, and I said seasoned sailor like six times in a row. And I have never been able to get away from it. Because and look how good of a Eric friend and Sean I made am. a remix video of it. Yes, I, thank you. Yeah, we're gonna put, you are the good friend. Gonna, I'm sorry for correcting your grammar because you've yeah, been such a good friend. We're going to gonna, we're gonna put that. We're going to put that link to that remixed video in the show notes. So no. yes, please, episode. can we do that? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, uh, what were you saying? Anthony? Yeah, I, I felt like you know, and of course, I think a lot of it was the constraints of time, just that we didn't have time to go deep and talk more about that. Um, but I, I think, you know, when it comes to those issues, I was like, okay, I probably, and just from watching him, um, I, I'm like, I probably, I probably think racial reconciliation and social justice is more important than he does in the scheme of the gospel, which is fine. It doesn't make anyone better. Well, I guess or worse. maybe, maybe, maybe a more, a more accurate thing to say would be, you think that publicly addressing it from either a pulpit or as a church is more important. I think that maybe that's what I'm saying. I think I agree with that. I think I also agree with my statement. I think I, 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 I don't think that he thinks, I don't think that he (laughs) thinks racial reconciliation and social justice are key elements of the gospel. And I think I would say they are. And I feel like that's fine. But that's the thing though, is because, you know, we just had this conversation where it's like, oh, I'm surprised by some of his perspectives. Mm-hmm. So I find it interesting that you're immediately uh, uh, judging judging his his <laughs> perspective on it. No, I, and I'm saying yeah. that, I'm saying that I'm saying that in a yes, in a funny way, and but also not in an attacking you way, mm-hmm. but out of like just I'm that is interesting. No, I think I'm only bringing that up to say, um, I could tell that 
I think there are some, I don't, here's what I'm trying to say. I don't think we really had enough time to actually tease out how fundamentally different the differences are between the sides. Be, and I, and yes, I think yeah. that's what I mean by that statement. Be, and so that's not me, I guess, judging his position to be less or better than mine or mine to be better or less than his. I think I just see, I think the differences are deeper than maybe we had time enough to go and maybe he was able to say or, or comment on, which is fine. So uh, what yeah. I just well, heard was of- Anthony's spending two minutes saying that you disagree. With him? <laughs> with, with, with Jesse or with Doug? With Doug. <laughs> I, I well I, I I do but but I don't think that's the point. I think my my point is that like I don't think we really had time enough to to tease out how fundamentally different the differences are because I I think mm. the differences are maybe greater than he what was able to say and I don't know if that's Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't want to box him in and say I don't think he knows that. I think he probably does know that. I just think we didn't have enough time to talk about it. Yeah. Well, the reason I the reason I said maybe this is the a more accurate thing is because I think that a lot of people do care about like we don't want racism we don't we don't we want people to be reconciled. The difference is in how that happens and how vocal we ought to be about it. That's like I see that's a key difference. Mm. And and then there also is people who just don't you know they think all of it's garbage and you know so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to diminish the the differences. Yeah. But the reason I say that is because I think that is a key thing to talk about because for instance Anthony. Um, I, knowing you, uh, judging you as I will right now, uh, you you care deeply about addressing an issue, like verbally with your words as a pastor. Hey, here's, you know, I don't have to have a hot take on everything, but this is a this is a deeply spiritual, meaningful thing in our in our country. For sure. I, need, I need to address it. Whereas I think a lot of people, generationally or even just political political views or or uh, or religious views or what they think is important, would say that's not the thing that I should address or that I can address or that, that I think is as important as say, we just need to preach the gospel sure. and that's the big thing that we do. Um, and so that's, I think there's an importance around that because what if we all, what if many of us agree around ra- racial reconciliation? We want it. We don't want racism. We want it to heal, but then we disagree about how public we should be about it. That's an interesting conversation. I feel like. Because maybe maybe we're not so far apart. Maybe we aren't. Uh, that's just that's just what I'm trying to say. I I agree with that. I think. Sorry, am I cutting you off? You're you cut out a little bit. I have seventeen thousand more things. No, go for it. Uh, no, I no, I agree with you. I think you're you're right on, and I think maybe I think yeah, we're saying the same thing essentially. But I do think the key. Is that if if we do care about it, I think the key is that I think, and maybe my voice that I think I don't think I'm the spokesperson for any group, but I think to play devil's advocate from maybe the spaces that I inhabit and people that I know and on the left or whatever, I feel as if that perspective would say like a part of truth and the gospel, capital T truth is racial reconciliation and. And I, and I don't want to box him in. Maybe I would be surprised by his perspective on that. But my guess would be from this conversation and from hearing him in the past that he wouldn't say that, that he would say that it, there's separate things, that truth, truth is the three angels message and, and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that those things are disconnected. And, and so that's, mm, that's gotcha. how fundamentally different I think the sides are. And that's what I think we, we, did, we weren't able to 
talk about. I, th- I think uh, uh, truth is like a, such a hard concept to come to agreement on because mm-hmm. it's easy to be like, all right, we just, whatever the truth is, is like what'll win out. But when you fundamentally disagree on like what the truth is within, yeah. just think within yeah. the church, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, for example, the women's, or, women's ordination thing, like both sides are like, so we're so passionate about it. And I guess still are, but you know, you know, it's not like the object of discussion right now. Um, I don't know. It's really tricky as a denomination to try to legislate unity, you know, like I don't, Mm-hmm. know if you can legislate unity like i appreciated what doug said about really i think kind of his answer was f- just focusing on the fundamentals of the gospel in and jesus and following jesus example which is easy to say but it's much harder to do especially <laughs> yeah. on a macro scale mm-hmm. as a denomination well, because of what you just said yeah because of what you just said because if we see truth differently then part of the yeah. truth of the gospel is you know, racial reconciliation to a, you know, to, to a large number of people. And yeah. part of the truth of the and gospel is staying away from what they see as overtly political or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the denomination by structure is kind of democratic, like he said. And so I, I don't really yeah. know, I don't have the answer, like how, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, I, there's my opinion, but it's, uh, I don't know how you address that from a, a legislative church denomination well, I, I think the answer eric i think the answer is and actually we should probably talk, i've been meaning to talk about this with us as a group is um i think that uh we need to each of us assign um maybe like a, a union or something that disagrees with women's ordination and we need to go and talk with them and convince them that their lives are in danger if they don't vote for I knew, women's I ordination. knew this wasn't real <laughs> and, i absolutely knew you, you you tried so hard but i knew it wasn't real I thought you were going to say, like, we pick a representative from each union, and then they battle, like, the Hunger Games, and then whoever wins. Jesse doesn't care enough about that process to, to, I I was, to talk about it. I'm just saying, if you want to legislate, if you want to legislate unity, if you want to legislate unity, then yeah, we just have a Hunger Games, potentially. I'm going to hop onto Eric's idea. We, We have a Hunger Games, and then by the end of that, whoever's left you know, it's probably going to be on the same side because at least a side won, and then we'll have unity. It makes sense. <laughs> like, if you think about it, if we just, if we just negate the other side by, by combat, <laughs> by combat. <laughs> I, I guess in my, I, I hope that the church structure, the GC specifically moving forward, makes room for disagreements within the church. Because right mm. now, I feel like, yeah, especially like a few years ago, that was basically yeah. the line they drew is like, there can't be disagreements within the church right. worldwide. At like, least about this specific thing. Yeah. 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 Like, and or other things like it. I hope that as a church, we can move towards an area of more understanding that, you know, there can be disagreements. We can still be Adventists and we can still, you know, yearn for the same ultimate mission of you know spreading the gospel and and building the kingdom of heaven and that and not not labeling each other and and dividing ourselves i i agree with that i love what you said eric about allowing room for disagreement and you guys know i tend to be a little more cynical and uh not as hopeful when it comes to different sides agreeing and i feel like maybe that perhaps is that is that because you're canadian it's because I'm Canadian. That's the that's the reason why. I, no, actually, Anthony, I'm curious. You say that, but like, 
isn't that potentially because i am very cynical too but like isn't that potentially one of the reasons that we become even more divided because we're like oh there's no way we could ever be united and so therefore we get cynical about it and then we characterize and portray the other side as the specific thing and then we become less hopeful that they like i i have been more like like part of the conversation with doug is like wow there's actually there's actually stuff we agree on Mm -hmm. you know and maybe maybe of course there's stuff we agree on but but it's a different thing to have a conversation with someone and be like oh yeah no i i i could at least agree in part with that there's definitely a lot of stuff we see similarly and having that conversation humanizes them and allows us to you know actually go beyond uh just just characterizing them in a certain in a certain way um but what it also does is kind of gives you hope that maybe there is more that we could kind of unite around i mean part of the problem comes if we start if if we feel like people like for instance uh women's calling to ministry is just it's not a thing. Like God can't call you to ministry. Mm-hmm. That starts to become hard because like yeah. you're literally negating an entire gender's yeah. like mm-hmm. like uh, uh, relationship with God. So there's definitely real, like we don't see eye to eye on this. But I guess I'm just, you brought up the cynicism and I think, I, I wonder if that's part of the reason yeah. that we I agree. push ourselves farther apart. I agree. I, I think I just, uh, I agree that cynicism isn't maybe helpful and, and I do think that is the reason why conversations like this are really helpful because they do lead us to better understanding. But I think it, yeah. it's, it only helps us if we're honest about how fundamentally we disagree in the first place. Because I think if one side is, oh, yeah, is yeah. coming and saying, like, it's essential to the gospel that we reach out to our LGBTQ plus marginalized friends. And the other side is saying it's essential to the gospel that we tell them they're living in sin so they can be saved. That's such a fundamental mm. break sure. and difference. <laughs> sure. it, yeah. We can come together on that. No, we can come together on that. Right, so, we just reach out and tell them they're in sin. That's it. Exactly. That's, all, that's all we do. We do both. We reach out and we just... We, yeah. So, if, if, yeah so I feel like to have actual pr- a productive moving forward, there has to be, let's be honest about how different where we're actually coming from and then can we yeah yeah sure. i don't know yeah i i, I know we got, we've got to close uh but i just kind of as i as i close these thoughts you know one thing we didn't ask him directly was you know is he optimistic right we were talking about how we feel True. cynical we've talked about that before one of our first episodes was looking at church government looking at these issues and, and saying man what is going on is this really a good move and we're, we were kind of discouraged we started this podcast in a yeah. way, kind of discouraged with some of the things, the way that things were. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't our intention. We're not trying to be down on the, the Adventist church. We're, we're still in it for a reason. We believe in, in mm-hmm. so much of the mission of this church. So, but, but with all of that, you know, I, I still, even though we didn't directly ask him, I could tell he was optimistic yeah. with his approach. He is optimistic and, he, and he's someone that's been in this, like he said, for 40 years. Um, and he still has that, even with is all the... Even with all, I don't know. I don't know if I get the same vibe. I mean, I I did. I mean, I know he's he's obviously talked about there's a divide, but he he seemed to be hopeful in the way that I at least the way I listened to him. It sounded like he was hopeful for our church and what is most important, what matters. Um, and and what I got from that, whether you're conservative or liberal, the the punchline is we need to be talking more together. And COVID has has accentuated this problem of being divided and be, you know, with, mm-hmm. with social media, with politics, we've just divided even more. And so it does concern me, right? There is that, that cynical side of man, it's only going to get worse from here because we're not in person. We can't have these organic conversations, mm-hmm. but I, I think we need to relentlessly pursue uh, connection 
with people that we yeah, disagree no, with, and and not just people Doesn't we are with. Yeah, we need our we need our tribe. We need the people that we disagree, that we agree with, those connections, the the people that um, we relate to. We need that, but Community. we need to we need to pursue. That's good. Disagree disagreements, That's and really and good. and just in full disclosure, this group of friends we have here, we disagree on certain things when it comes to politics, when it comes to even religion, but that has. Has if Sean should be part of the group or not? Yeah, that's right. That's all it's been. You formed a com- you formed a Sean Lenhoff compliance committee, uh, and it's it's about literally just getting rid of me. Um, exactly. So um, that's all I've ever wanted. But but really, again, as we as we kind of close here, it's it's looking at pushing all of us and and all of us that are listening. I I do encourage us because I'm naturally cynical too. It's easy to overthink and think, man, this is never going to work out. You know, forget this. We're too we're too diverse of a church. It's too polarizing of a time for us to heal anymore. But if we do believe in that, that power of the Holy Spirit and that he's moved and done way crazier things than bring a couple people that disagree on certain things together, we've got to trust that's going to happen. And we've got to stick ourselves yeah. out there. And I think that Pastor Doug mentioned that. Like there, there's a certain level of vulnerability. Like you just got to stick yourself out there and not be afraid mm-hmm. of what people are going to do to scrutinize you. And, and he's done that. So if, if we may disagree on a lot of things with him, one thing I respect is he's not afraid to put himself out there True. and push that. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, we've got to, we've got to take note of that. Relentlessly pursue Eric? connection with those we disagree with. That's yeah. tweet. That was a good that line. That was great, Sean. A surprising, surprisingly good line coming from you. <laughs> Eric, uh, <laughs> Eric, any last words? No, I, I, I mean, I, this is, this is, a, this is, this is not serious. This is what, what is something that you want to say at the end of this? that has maybe something to do with the episode, maybe nothing to do with it. What what are just your last words that we can leave everybody with? I was just going to say thanks to all listeners for tuning in to this episode of Dougie B and the Boys. (laughs) Heck yeah. And that's a wrap for season three of Seeking What They Sought. We want to thank all of you for listening, sending us feedback, and continuing to encourage us to keep this conversation going. We're already excited for season four and can't wait to share with all of you what we have planned. Keep checking out our social media pages during the off season for news, interactive polls, and maybe some other surprises as well. And as always, we want to thank our 100 time participation award-winning producer, Eric Edstrom for, well, at least doing his best to make us sound good. A for effort, Eric. Keep trying. Again, thank you all for listening to Seeking What They Saw.